Nagsapaprachatam Udyatanjalir Punasapaprachatam Udyatanjalir Nachati tripto viduro drita vrataha Nachati tripto viduro drita vrataha Sri Aravino pavarnitam Sukarat Sukaratmanaha, 
I'm just curious about this, you know, the N with the, in Spanish it's called, uh, what is that? Tilde? Tilde, yeah. yeah. Is, it in, is there any certain way to say I'm that? Yeah. Yeah, in huh? Spanish. Yeah. 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 So, but it's kind of hard to say that with a J after it. Anjali. Yeah, it's the same like in Spanish. So yeah. Spanish must have get it from Sanskrit then. That must make sense. It's another indication of Sanskrit is Root of all Spanish helps us with, uh, with with the Sanskrit actually big time, so it makes sense. Mm. Okay, word by words. Do you want to read them together, or do you want me to just go through them? That's up on the board. Sri Shuku Vacha. Shri Shukadev Goswami said. Shri Goswami said. After hearing. Kosharavina. By the sage Maitreya. Upavarnitam. Described. Harihe. Of the personality of Godhead. Katam. Narrations. Karana. For the reason of lifting the earth. Sukara Atmanaha. Of the boar incarnation. Of the boar incarnation. Punaha. Again. Saha. He. Paprachcha. Inquired. Tam. From him, Maitreya. Ujjata Anjali with folded hands. Na never. Cha also. Atitriptaha very much satisfied. Viduraha Vidura 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 Vritavrataha taken taken to a vow. Translation as Divine Grace Sri the Prabhupada. Shukadev Goswami said, after hearing from the great sage Maitreya about the Lord's incarnation as Varaha, Vidura, who had taken a vow, begged him with folded hands to please narrate further transcendental activities of the Lord, since he, Vidura, did not yet feel satisfied. Please repeat, Shukadev Goswami said, After hearing from the great sage, Maitreya, about the Lord's incarnation as Varaha, Vidura, who had taken a vow, begged him with folded hands to please narrate further transcendental activities of the Lord. Of the, Lord. of the Lord. Since he, Vidura, Since he, Vidura did not yet feel satisfied. Not yet not satisfied. Feel satisfied. Text number two. Text number two. I'll just, I'll just read. 
I'll just read it. Vidura, Vidura Vacha. Okay, want to repeat? <laughs> the creatures of habit. Harina Yagya Murtina. Harina Yagya Murtina. Aridaityo Haranyaksho. Aridaityo Hiranyaksho. Hata Ityanus Shushrima. Hata Ityanus Shushrima. Shushrima. Um, okay, translation. Sri Vidura said. You don't have to repeat this. <laughs> o chief amongst the great sages. I have heard by disciplic succession that Hiranyaksha, the original demon, was slain by the same form of sacrifices the personality of Godhead, Lord bore. <coughs> Purport. As referred to previously, the Boar incarnation was manifested in two millenniums, namely Swayambhu and Chakshusha. In both millenniums there was a Boar incarnation of the Lord, but in the Swayambhu millennium, he lifted the earth from within the water of the universe. Whereas in the Chakshush millennium, he killed the first demon, Hiranyaksha. In the Swayambhu millennium, he assumed the color white. And in the Chakshush millennium, Chakshush millennium, he assumed the color red. Vidura had already heard about one of them, and he proposed to hear about the other. The two different Boar incarnations described are the one supreme personality of Godhead. Om Ajnana Timirandasya Ajnana Anjana Shalakaya Chakshurum Miritanyena Tasmai Shri Gurveena Mahal. As born in the darkness of ignorance, our spiritual master, Shri Prabhupada, is opening my eyes as a torchlight of knowledge. I offer my respectful obeisance unto him and all members of Shri Parambara. Sri Sukadeva Goswami said, after hearing from the great sage Maitreya about the Lord's incarnation as Varaha, Vidura, who had taken a vow, begged him with folded hands to please narrate further transcendental activities of the Lord, since he, Vidura, did not yet feel satisfied. Sri Vidura said, O chief amongst the great sages, I have heard by the Sipuk succession that here in Yaksha the original demon was slain by the same form of sacrifices. Personality of Godhead, Lord Bore. So this was uh, this thing where you know uh, things that are being narrated actually happened at different times. That is also referred to. We probably can remember that that was discussed a little bit earlier. Text thirty-one. And it says that Jiva Goswami, or Srila Prabhupada says in the purport, Jiva Goswami had commented on this same thing. Text 31, the Lord, Lord Bore very easily took the earth on his tusks and got out of the water. Thus he appeared very splendid. Then his anger glowing like the Sudarshan wheel, he immediately killed the demon Hiranyaksha, although he tried to fight with the Lord. That's kind of interesting that it says in the, in the text, he immediately killed the, the demon because the narration says that he, you know, there was a, long, a pretty good fight there. I mean, he usually does that, lets the, you know, let, like the cat playing with the mouse, let it go on for a little while. But 
Anyway, in the purport it says, according to Srila Jiva Goswami, the Vedic literatures describe the incarnation of Lord Varaha bore in, the boar in two different devastations, namely the Chakshus devastation and the Swayambhu dev devastation. This particular appearance of the boar incarnation actually took place in the Swayambhu devastation when all planets other than the higher ones, namely Jana, Mahar, and Satya, merged in the water of devastation. This particular incarnation of the boar was seen by the inhabitants of the planets mentioned above. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti suggests that the sage Maitreya amalgamated both the boar incarnations in different devastations and summarized them in his description to Vidura. Amalgamated, Srila Prabhupada says. Blends them together. They used to give you when they have, that you go to the dentist and you have a cavity, they'll give you an amalgam. Well, we got to put some amalgam in there as a combination of a couple of metals, blend them together, and somehow it's stable in your mouth. One of them was mercury, I guess, so now they don't like that anymore. They're taking those out. Some devotees who had all those their things taken out and replaced. Anyway, um, this whole thing made me think that, you know how the Bhagavatam is described and, and mainly the purpose of the Bhagavatam, which is to uplift people, especially civilized people who are trying to perfect their, trying to figure out this world, the next world and perfect themselves. So um, there's a verse in the, first canto the fifth chapter that says that this literature is a different creation and uh, also in the same verse it says that they're even there it may be irregularly composed it is still heard sung and accepted by purified people who are thoroughly honest so even there there may be some you could point out academically that there might be some discrepancy here you know we talked about this before, and it's probably kind of not necessary to go through it. I don't know. But anyway, that's what this is. The only thing, pretty much. The only other point in here is that Vidura took a vow. What was that vow? These are the only things I can think of in these verses. And he's not satisfied by hearing what he's heard so far about the Boar incarnation. That he lifted up the earth. You know, this... Amazing things happen. He, he increased. He, he was tiny, and then all of a sudden, within minutes, he's huge. He's in the sky, and he <laughs> goes down into the water with his tusk, and he brings this beautiful earth planet up, this blue glowing planet, whatever it looked like. I don't know. And then, but he's not satisfied. There's something else he wants to know. And it says that he's taken a vow. So that vow... I looked back, I tried to find it in the previous verses, beginning from where Maitreya inquires from Madura, from Maitreya, Madura inquires from Maitreya in the beginning. And uh, I just had to think about it because it didn't explicitly say what the vow was, as far as I could find. But what had happened was that, you know, the battle of Kukshetra, Maitreya had gone on pilgrimage he didn't know about his family, what had all happened, who had been killed, 
you know, what the whole situation in the world was. And he inquired from Uddhava, who knew things. He had spoken with Lord Krishna before, when he was about to leave, personally spoke to him. Um, Viduras met Uddhava, who referred him on to Maitreya. So Maitreya is really ready. I mean, he's always been, he's Paramahamsa devotee. He's always been ready to, he's always been detached from this material world. But for us, he's, he's actually stating in there. And he's asking Maitreya, please give me the information so that I can, you know, absorb myself in the transcendental activities of the Lord, which as Dhiru Prabhu was quoting this verse from the 10th canto, this is the medicine for people who are entangled in this world to hear about the activities of the Lord. This, this is the only medicine. You know, not mundane welfare work, certainly not gross sense activities that we have in this world. We were talking yesterday a little bit in breakfast that there's a nice devotee among us who we're not going to name anyone, but he wants to take initiation. He studied the Bhagavatam, he studied Bhagavad Gita, he's reading Chaitanya Charitamrita, but he's thinking, I don't know that I'm ready for taking initiation um, because I know he's, he's an older person. He, he thinks, I may find another relationship with a, you know, opposite sex and, you know, therefore I don't know if I can, you know, have these four regulative principles. So I want to take an issue. I want to do, I want to do it all, but I don't think it's honest of me to, to know that this may be a possible ability in my life. And actually he's kind of hoping that it happens, you know, it's not just may happen. He's hoping. So I was in uh, Suresh Prabhu made a nice statement yesterday that, uh, well, you've studied all these books. I mean, this is, I'm paraphrasing what you said. You know, if you take these vows, you can actually understand these books, but not really otherwise. You didn't say that, but it's really, I mean, you, you, if you want to do these things, uh, you can't really understand the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita, Chaitanya Charitamrita, and these other things. Um, so you have to make a decision. That's a thing that uh, someone, some friend of mine announced to me years ago in my life. He said, decisions have to be made. Just suddenly said over something we were talking about. Decisions have to be made. So yes, that's true in this world. You have to decide. You can't, you know. A lot of times we, people, us, me, may have a tendency to want to try to, you know, play both sides of something. But there are situations when I can't think of anything right off some material situation. But it's just like if you decide you want to be a uh, We've given this example before, a, 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 like a, a world-class gymnast or something. You decide you want to do anything and you want to be good at it. You want to do the best you can. You think, I, ha I really, I could do that if I, if I just put my mind to it. So you have to make a decision. Are you going to do that? And to do that, you have to 
push aside other things. You know, you're going to get a coach, and your coach is going to give you a lot of things to do: diet, sleep, exercises, and the the, the routines themselves. So many things, and you can't mess around. You know, going and you know, maybe you know, drinking or partying at night and being tired and missing a practice or anything. You can do that. You can try to play both sides, but are you going to be the person standing on that gold medal platform? Probably not. <laughs> if you, you know, so Srimad Bhagavatam is a different creation. That's one thing I, in that, that verse, I don't know if I mentioned it already, but that it's in the fifth chapter. Uh, how does the Sanskrit go? Tadvadu Bisargo. Bisargo means creation. So it's kind of nice that it's pointing out there that, that this literature is a whole different thing from mundane literature. And we can tell it is because it has information that goes back even before material creation. Like in the second canto in, in there, the Chatur Shloki verses, where uh, Krishna is telling Lord Brahma, my dear Lord Brahma, before anything existed, I was there. Um, so nice, though. I wish I had that translation. Uh, when, there was on, when there was nothing but beside me, before anything existed, there was I. Before anything existed, I was there. And it says, it says and, uh, I was there before even the material energy and before even the cause of material activities. What would be the cause of material activities? Desires, huh? Desires for material activities. So before even that arose in people's mind, he was there. Easier. So how does Bhagavatam get this information? How? Why? Why is this? Bhagavatam gives information from even before things happened in the material world that we could even know about. So it's not a a, a mundane literature at all. I was also thinking about this because we have people who are academically trained and they they want to comment on what we have, you know, PhD type people. And uh, I was just thinking of an example, you know, like what if, uh, you know, there's two different boring incarnations being amalgamated into one story. Some person may say, well, this is not right, you know, this is not historically accurate. And how can I believe this uh, literature? There's There's some mistakes in it like that, you know, this is... So there's one in Bhaktisiddhanta Vaibhava book, there's this, I wish I could have found it and read it again before I came here, but it's something to the effect that Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati was explaining to someone. Now, just like the sun comes up one day and, and certain things happen, and then to our vision, the sun goes down, and then it comes up and again on a different day and different things happen. So if somebody says, <clears throat> if speaking about the sun's activities were the chance for our upliftment, and somebody said, well, told the story of the sun in one story, but another person came and said, well, those actually happened on different days of the sun, so you're not telling it accurately. But actually the sun has no different days. The sun 
is is out there. It has its you know truth. It's shining, and we, from our point of view, we see well. There are different days, but what is the point on commenting on that or or worrying about it when we're if you want to know about the sun, the truth of the sun. Also, I was thinking how like say. Uh, Govinda Madhava here, he goes to the post office one day and he's wearing a certain kind of clothes. And another day he, you know, is over at his home doing exercises with a different set of clothes on. And if we tell, tell about Govinda Madhava as if his activities were, you know, <clears throat> all one set of activities, a, a person may complain about that, oh well, this is not right, you know. He's actually, I know for a fact that he went to the post office on one day and he does his exercise on a different day, you know? And the PhD people are trained like that because they, they do their little thesis and they sit in front of a group of people who have already gotten their PhDs and they have to have everything accurate like that. Otherwise somebody complain, they may, four years of work may be temporarily at least off, you know? And what is a PhD degree for? It's for mundane research and for getting a degree. I mean, the person knows I'm gonna I'm gonna have a chance for a uh, an advanced position in society. I'll be respected. I'll be able to put PhD after my name, no matter what I say or do. There's a PhD. Nobody can take that away from me. And. Um, you know, the process is to have an accurate, mundane um, presentation for my PhD degree. And then when I get my PhD degree, then I can sit on the committee and judge other people's works. <laughs> so um, they do that. P people with PhD degrees come and they read Srila Prabhupada's books and they, you know, they have this attitude looking for mundane things that they may find wrong, just like this. Well, there's some discrepancy here, so I don't think this is proper. Um, so anyway, it's right there in our verses. Um, people who are purified and thoroughly honest will accept these narrations, which are meant for the upliftment of, of people in general, which are on a wrong path. How does that translation go? Um, it's meant for creating a revolution in, uh, oh shoot, there are different creation full of transcendental words directed toward bringing about a revolution in the impious lives of this world's mis misdirected civilization. So if that's the purpose, and for Maitreya and, and Vidura, devotees like this on this level, that is, that's the intention. For all the sages that were listening to Sutta Goswami, for Shukadev Goswami, all these elevated people, they are speaking this Bhagavatam and they're worshiping Bhagavatam. Bhagavatam is, is it's actually a person. It said, Idam Bhagavatam Nama, Puranam Brahma Samitam. Brahma Samhita means an incarnation of God. So 
Bhagavatam has said, Srila Prabhupada has told us, the Bhagavatam is to be worshipped just like a person. It's an incarnation of God, the book itself. So there's no point in talk, arguing about discrepancies in the, in the Bhagavatam. Just like um, the same principle, you know, you may find in, in a spiritual master when you surrender to a spiritual master, or if you're thinking about it, you may listen to them speak and, and you know, find some discrepancies in what they say according to what you've read and what you think you know. This is what our friend does when he comes. Um, he stands back in the back with a sad face during the kirtan. I can't think of his name. Anyway, he's not so happy with Krishna consciousness always. He is, but he isn't because he's troubled by the, the uh, tendency to want to criticize, according to his own small mind, what is being presented by the spiritual master. You just can't do that. Srila Prabhupada says, what is the process for understanding Bhagavatam or, or Bhagavad Gita? What is the process? He asked that question to this. Holy you know? Yeah, but what's what's the verse? How does the verse go? Tadvidhi Pranipatina. So Prabhupada's statement was process for understanding Bhagavad Gita is Yeah. Inquiry submissive inquiry and service to the to the spiritual master. So you can make your questions, but you have to be ready to accept the spiritual master's answer. If you're not ready to accept it, then you're not ready to be a disciple, and you're not. this person is not really your guru if you can't accept what he says. If you ask a question of a, of a bona fide, self-realized soul, you can ask your question, but you accept the answers, and you go on. And if you don't understand it right then, give it some time. You know, be willing to take the process and understand later. That's... That's what I feel like we have to do. Take the process. If you believe a spiritual master like Srila Prabhupada, who's such a, he's the example of Srimad Bhagavatam. He's living Bhagavatam. We see him, we watch the videos, we've heard him preach, we've read his books, we, we see how you know, authentic this whole thing is. So it's really, it's really pitiful to make some kind of uh, issue out of what, what seems like a possible discrepancy. So I guess I'll stop rambling on. I've probably said the same thing over and over too many times. Does anybody have any points? It's 8.48. I was just thinking that in our, in, in our Krishna conscious movement, we also have PhDs. Yeah. And our PhDs can defeat those PhDs. <laughs> <laughs> Like According to us, they can. <laughs> According to them, they may not. Well, what's interesting is I saw, I mean, I've seen some, uh, some, some debates and some lectures where I was really impressed by the devotees and their way of being able to convey Krishna consciousness in, in such a way where even those who are more, um, who are more intellectual and who are kind of on that path, Mm-hmm. were able to digest, so to speak, what he was saying, and and even and even um, convince the opponent that there's some there's some logic and mm-hmm. some and some rationale. You know, it was mm-hmm. it was explained in such a way where like they can understand it and not just think that we're because last night what we spoke about was having having blind faith as opposed mm-hmm. to having reasonable faith. Mm-hmm. 
And, you know, when it's presented by someone who really understands and grasps the scriptures, I feel like it, it's, it's advantageous to us in a way, because we can, we can reach these. I mean, it's good to have these people too, right? It's good to have the scientists, the intellectuals, and to be well-rounded in that way, in that regard. To have people in our movement that can speak oh, yeah. to, to, they can reach those, those people. Oh yeah, sure, it's powerful. Yeah. Sadaputa. No. Others. I think I remember the vow that we do and take. I didn't find no. the verse, but when he was inquiring, when he wanted to know about the cosmic manifestation from Maitreya, his vow was that he only wanted to hear about it in relation to Krishna. Oh. I'm pretty sure that's what okay. is. Yeah. Anybody does that ring a bell anybody? He wanted to know about yeah, it. Sounds good. Yes, because this is glorious too. This is uh-huh. this is a pastime of Krishna, this whole cosmos. So he wanted to hear, but not anything disconnected. <laughs> Was he expressing any kind of disappointment with this, you know, material relationships and family and all these things, and just wanting to be absorbed and hearing about Krishna? And he wanted to hear. That's what I kind of understood from. Well, that's certainly what freed him. You know, yeah. first he took it as a bad addiction. Oh, great. Mm-hmm. I'll have to get involved in this. He will, will not satisfy until he hears and enter completely. Yeah, he's going to aim up there. To the end. I don't, I don't think it's that he's not satisfied. I think he's not completely satisfied. Hmm. He's satisfied, but he's not completely satisfied. I think. So, um, he said he did not yet feel satisfied. Yeah. He not He doesn't feel completely comfortable, you know. Without, there's some vague thing missing there. I don't know if the. I don't know if the. Uh, well, yes, it's it's the word satisfied. Um, it's the way it's used. It's a little mm-hmm. non-standard, mm-hmm. but it's uh, he just he wanted more. It's yeah. Not that he wasn't satisfied with what he heard, but he, he was so satisfied. He, he wasn't full. It's like if you're a go business, it's you want to, you know, you're not full yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was thinking of reading a verse from the. Fifth chapter. We're now in the fourteenth chapter. Back in the fifth chapter, there was a nice verse that says, "Vidura is speaking to Maitreya, and he says, you may narrate also about the auspicious characteristics of the Lord in his different incarnations, for the welfare of the twice-born, the cows, and the demigods. Our minds are never satisfied completely, although we continuously hear of his transcendental activities. Srila Prabhupada comments that the Lord's pastimes for the protection of the twice-born civilized men, the cows and the demigods are all transcendental. A human being is inclined to hear good narrations and stories, therefore there are so many books, magazines, and newspapers. Oh, I don't know if that's what I was... But anyway, it talks about... It says, oh, the Lord appears in this universe in different incarnations like Machyakurma of Raha and Nursinga, and he manifests different transcendental activities for the welfare of the twice-born, the cows and the demigods. The Lord is directly concerned with the twice-born or civilized men. Directly concerned. 
A civilized man is one who has taken his birth twice. A living entity takes birth in this mundane world due to union of male and female. Human being is born due to union of the father and mother, but a civilized human being has another birth by contact with the spiritual master who becomes the actual father. The father and mother of the material body are, only, are so only in one birth. The bona fide spiritual master as a representative of the Lord is the eternal father. So you have to decide, you know, what you're, what you think you're, who you are. Are you a civilized person, and who your real father is? And if your real father is the spiritual master, and he's written certain books, and he wants you to read them and take them and understand them and follow a process, then you have to do it to be a, a civilized person. Decisions have to be made. <laughs> we have to decide what we want. There's really no choice, you know. Mundane things, what's the happiness there? A little bit of, tiny bit of happiness, isn't it? Nothing? Like white sugar. <laughs> it's like That's white sugar, one. take you up. It's a buzz. Take you up and bring you down. <laughs> white sugar, I like that. Anyway. It's the worst. Oh well.